0: This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Rafi Salazar, principal owner of Rehab RehabU Practice Solutions. Rafi, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, it's good to be here.
0: Now, I know we have a lot to talk about, but before we dive into the larger questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Sure. I'm an occupational therapist by trade. Got into the field because I myself was a patient in an occupational therapy clinic after a flexor tendon injury and uh, went through the program, graduated, and started working with the Department of Veterans Affairs in their outpatient specialty rehab clinic doing basically hand therapy. And, uh Back in 2017, I decided to leave to do some consulting work in and around the field of developmental disabilities and behavioral health for a, a big state agency. And at the same time have been doing work as a professor in an occupational therapy clinic. And then also working with healthcare organizations primarily around the, the topic of patient engagement and patient engagement retention strategy. Um, and that's what I do at Rehab U Practice Solutions. I help healthcare organizations Uh, I say, make healthcare human again is what I'm trying to do.
0: Well, fantastic. And I know that's such an important part of healthcare in general is bringing the humanity into treating patients, whether you're on the front lines or supporting in the background. So when you think about some of the big uh, things happening right now in healthcare, what are the issues that you're following right now, especially heading into this new year?
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones that I'm following and kind of watching in the news as it, as it makes its way <laughs> through the news cycle, are ways that technology is being introduced into healthcare, whether it be virtual service delivery models or using things like artificial intelligence or other digital tools to enhance or improve healthcare delivery, um, and watching the way that that is interfacing with, again, the, the human side of healthcare. A lot of times what happens is we tend to look at of these advancements and technologies as for what they are really amazing things and technological advances that are going to make it super easy to deliver xyz treatment one of the things that gets overlooked though or kind of bypassed is the the idea of what happens to the experience or the experiential perspective of the patient going through this new treatment you know whether it be um, a digital service delivery method or some kind of tool being implemented, what is this doing to the actual experience of that patient and their relationship, their interpersonal relationship with the treating clinicians? Because I'm I'm a big fan of saying healthcare in and of itself is a human experience. It's based in relationships. It's one person skilled in the art of healing, helping another person who's on their own unique road to recovery. And that relationship is hugely important. And depending on how we implement or don't implement these tools appropriately, we could either Add to and improve and build and strengthen that therapeutic alliance or that relationship between the clinician and the patient, or we can detract from it by making it an inhuman or more of a a systematized approach, and we definitely don't want to do that.
0: Certainly. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, and definitely I've been hearing a lot, the name of the game, obviously, digital transformation, healthcare to to um, connect with patients and and provide them better care. But then also that patient experience becomes so, so important. So I'm glad you brought that up. And, you know, when you think about where we're headed, what is most exciting about that to you? And then what makes you nervous?
1: Yeah, (laughs) I think the thing that makes me most excited when I look at specifically healthcare service delivery is that Some of these technologies and some of these tools that we have now at our disposal are something that we couldn't fathom 20 years ago, and it really does have the the potential to really increase the amount of touch points, the amount of communication, access, all of that, and also build that relationship, make that relationship stronger between the patient and the organization or the patient and that individual treating clinician, simply because of the, the availability and the access to those touch points and communications, whether it be patient portals or secure messaging or asynchronous telehealth, all of that stuff really has the potential to strengthen those therapeutic alliances, those bonds between clinicians and their patients. The thing that makes me nervous about it, <laughs> about that same topic, is that is that idea of it becoming a very dehumanized or impersonal uh, interaction. So the, the main way that we would want to avoid this is what I call uh, taking a bottom-up approach where we start with the patient kind of at the beginning and what is their experiential perspective and and their values and, and all of that. And we build a course of care around that as opposed to we've got these tools, we've got these treatment techniques, we've got these um, things at our disposal and let's make the patient and their diagnosis or their symptoms or their their situation fit into that. You know, it's more of the we want to take the other approach. We want to start with the patient, build it around them instead of trying to fit them into our way of doing things. Right.
0: Certainly. Yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And to that point, you know, when you look at patients and, and how to really customize to them um, it, it's great to hear that that's possible And for the clinicians um, you know, the, what tools I guess do you see emerging that's really making it easier to do that. And, and, uh, really straightforward you know, for especially clinicians who are seeing you know, several patients per day.
1: Yeah, a lot of it revolves around the use of things like algorithmic learning and artificial intelligence, things that allow the, the, the clinician, the treating clinician, to individualize a treatment program, for example, on the spot. You know, it, it's very difficult and takes a lot of time to go through the research and look at the treatment techniques available and all, of, all the things that that entails. Um, For each individual patient, especially if you're seeing 20, 30, 40 in a day, but using some of these tools, these techniques, and these these, uh, algorithms that are at our disposal here, you can generate those individualized plans of care very quickly that take into account all of that individual patient's unique circumstances, maybe their uh, socioeconomic status, their uh, home environment, their work environment, other psychosocial factors that may or may not be affecting their recovery or their, their interaction with this disease or this uh, diagnosis, and being able to lean on and leverage uh, computerized technology to kind of give us those treatment options, whether it be clinical decision-making tools or, or things of that nature, really helps the clinician to take the time to be able to develop a treatment plan that is individualized, that is specific to that individual, using the tools that they have at their disposal. Without having to to spend a whole lot of time digging through it manually.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And you know, it is a really great point. And thinking about this tech enabled future that we've been talking about, what will effective healthcare leaders need in order to be successful a- as that goes on? So I can imagine that technology will just continue to evolve over the next two to three years. So what do clinicians and healthcare leaders need to make sure that they can successfully execute going forward?
1: I think the biggest thing that they need is a without sounding too cliches, an open mind to the innovation that is possible, a lot, of, a lot of these new tools and these new technologies are going to fundamentally change the way services are delivered. And I don't mean that very cliche, but, you know, like asynchronous telehealth, for example, is something that was not available 10 years ago, and now it should be very common practice now. But there's no, there's no billing mechanism in place for that. So some of that is going to involve, is going to have to involve Innovation in the way that we pay for healthcare services and the way that we bill for healthcare services and the way that we offer those services to patients. Um, and then the, the willingness to adopt some of those technologies and some of those tools. Because again, anytime you're kind of taking a step out, you know, there's always a risk there. Um, but the risk is very much worth the reward, especially when you look at the, the clinical outcomes, the patient satisfaction outcomes that these tools have the ability to provide for us or to help us to provide for the patients. And what we need going forward is, like I said, the willingness to experiment, to challenge some of those status quo way of doing business, whether it be the way that um, services are, are paid for or the way that we're actually going about delivering the services themselves.
0: That's a great point. Ravi, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really interesting and insightful conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.